Welcome to Pro's Tinted Glasses. I'm Katie. And I'm Bailey. And we have a fun topic today. One that we are very excited about. Yeah, I would say extremely excited. And that, of course, is the Gay Pirate Show. Our flag means death. Woo! Why do I sound so excited about that? But like The title makes it seem so menacing and i'm like in my happiest voice like our flag means death (laughs) if you are totally out of the loop our flag means death is a recent tv show on hbo max starring reese darby and taiko waititi as pirates who are in love yes and um thus the gay pirate show which during the first couple episodes my partner was not like thoroughly convinced about it being gay and I was like, I'm terminally online, and it is the gay pirate show. It'll happen. I promise. We just got to wait it out. I was kind of surfing the subreddit earlier, and I saw a post from somebody that was, like, watching it. They were watching it for the second time with their girlfriend, who was watching it for the first time. Can you hear Dolly, like, groaning in the background? I can. <laughs> just, just feels like she needs to add to the conversation, I guess. But anyway, this person on Reddit, they were watching it for the second time with their girlfriend who was watching it for the first time. And the girlfriend was like, oh, man, this is like so gay. But like, I like they'll never actually let it be gay. And the person posting to Reddit was like, and I keep like giggling, waiting for her to like get to the point and realize that it really is gay. I mean, well, I think we, we're we going to cover this, but like we've been queer baited so hard so many times that yeah. I can't even be mad at somebody who's like, well, it's not going to happen because I'm fully conditioned to believe it won't happen. Yeah, 100%. Um, But it's certainly, it is a gay pirate show, and it's delightful. It is so delightful. Like, so, I don't think we've laughed that hard watching anything in a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I I feel like it really picks up after Blackbeard actually appears. I really like the first three episodes, especially in hindsight, but like it was struggling a little bit to grab my attention. And then everything from when Blackbeard shows up on is just incredible. Yeah, I think that's probably about where I'm at, too. By the third episode, it was kind of like I felt like we would played the same notes a couple of times with just the just steed. But once Blackbeard came in, it was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. This show was delightful. It was delightful the whole way through. Everything about it was, like, happy and positive and, like, funny. And I don't know. I just don't think I have enough good things to say about it. Like, I, I think I will run out of words before I run out of positive thoughts. Yeah, it hit a lot of really, really good emotional notes in storytelling. There were mm-hmm. ups and downs, and you felt for all of the characters, not just one specific character, because um, you were just rooting for everybody except Calico Jack. Yeah, Calico Jack can go suck an egg, or what is it that uh, that's suck eggs in hell? That's what yeah. Calico Jack can go do. Maybe we should go ahead and throw that spoiler warning out right now. Like we're going to be discussing the whole first season, all of the episodes, and we're not going to hold back about like what happens. So. If you haven't actually watched the whole show, but you're interested, please pause here and come back. We'll still be here gushing over our flag means death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, do we want to, how do we want to do this? Do we want to like start at the beginning? Do we want to just give overall thoughts? Do we want to go into any episodes in particular or just kind of talk around it? I don't know. I didn't have good thoughts for like the overall thoughts section. As you can tell, it's an empty toggle. I did, but I also didn't add anything to the empty toggle because I also didn't have anything good for overall thoughts. Okay, we're on the same page then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, it was such a good show. There are so many little moments that were so great. And I think with the other things we have set out, we'll probably get into those episodes as we go through it. So I feel like we don't need to do um, a deep overview. But basically, Our Flag Means Death is about Steed Bonnet, who is unhappy with his home life. So he builds this like crazy ship and runs away to be a pirate, except he is very much like a gentleman who has all of his things each way and makes sure he wants to like look nice and enjoy the finer parts of life. And his little ragtag crew doesn't quite get Steed's uh, style 
and uh, then they get into a bunch of shenanigans that they somehow manage to luck their way through uh, with the help of Blackbeard once he shows up. Yeah, and I can't stress this enough. Steed Bonnet was a real person who, just for reasons unknown to this day, decided to leave his life. Sorry, Bruce is being real whiny. We've had a, an issue with a squirrel sitting like at eye level in the tree right behind my patio, just taunting my dogs for like three days. It's very funny, but the timing's bad. Yeah, the squirrel has learned that Bruce will... Yeah. <laughs> like, the squirrel knows what it's doing. But anyway, I can't stress enough that Steed Bonnet was a real person. A real guy. He was just a wealthy guy with a family and decided he didn't want to do that anymore. And so he bought a pirate ship and then became a pirate. And he really was known as, like, the gentleman pirate. And he really did join forces with Blackbeard for a period of time. Um, this just... You know, history in the loosest sense. I found an article where the creator of the show, um, David Jenkins, was talking about this. And he was talking about how he early on was getting Taika ATT on board. And Taika immediately said, like, don't do any research. And David Jenkins was like, oh, yeah, no, agreed. Like, we know the premise and that's all we need. Yeah, I was going to say it's very much like... They took the idea of this real man and they were like, what if we made it entirely fan fiction of Steve <laughs> Bonnet? Um, and then we were like, here's a history TV show. <laughs> yes. And it was just extremely good decisions. All it around. was. Uh, yeah. So the, the general setting is like 1717. Uh, you would not know it. Mm -mm. No, I, I saw a Tumblr post that I think I shared with you, Bailey, pretty early on when I was watching it that said, you can tell that they did a ton of research for, like, what 1717 was like and, like, what they needed to make it historically accurate. And then they just ignored 99.9% .9 of the research that they did. Like, there are some things in the background that I, I think are, like, really weirdly historically accurate. But then for the most part, they're like... It, we're historically accurate unless it's funnier to not be and it's usually funnier to not be yeah i think one of the biggest things is it's like it's kind of like if they made a list of every historical fact um that they could have used to make it historically accurate and then they like rolled a d20 a couple times and picked <laughs> like those numbers and they were like oh yes these five things we will be historically accurate on and the rest <laughs> no just gonna throw it away just get rid of it we don't need it it's not here so that's one of the things i really enjoyed about it is that like the the tone and the setting of the storytelling was so like eh, if it works it works um especially things like time they'll decide to go somewhere and then minutes later in the show they're like oh look here we are <laughs> for for a show about sailing there's not a lot of actual sailing you know no, yeah, and, like, they've just decided that sailing is, they've just decided that they can, f like, time and space are, are relative, and they have, like, the cheat codes, right? Because, like, at the very end of the last episode, like how, like, how and why would Steed know that most of his crew were abandoned on this particular rock in the middle of the ocean? And how would he know to get there, you know? Right, and there's a, a lot of times where they're like, yes, let's go to this specific bay, and they're all like, oh, it's it's horrible there, blah, 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 and they, like, pull up, and it's fine. <laughs> but they don't do any, any sailing in between, and there's no indication of the passage of time besides the development of relationships, so. I don't know, I, I enjoyed that aspect. We didn't get any of the boring, like, plot stuff that involves getting to different parts of the country by boat. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate to invoke Game of Thrones, but I am going to. This kind of thing doesn't work in that show because they, in Game of Thrones, spend so much time focusing on how long it takes to get places, right? And then in the last couple of seasons, they just start time traveling um, because it's more convenient. And in this show, they're like, it's more convenient and we're just going to do it from the start, so don't worry about it. Like... It's a, it's a very different, it has to do with tone, but also with, like, consistency of storytelling, right? Like, they just yeah. decided to do this, and it works. Right, and to be fair, one of the things about, like, A Song of Ice and Fire is that the plot is affected by how long it takes people to get to these different places. And yeah, with the TV show, they were like, 
Ooh, but that's kind of annoying for us, isn't it? And so they did away with it. One of the other things that I really noticed is, like, they don't try with the sets to make it look realistic Mm -hmm. in a way that works really well. Like, if they pull up on a dinghy to another boat, it's clearly just a boat on (laughs) on a fake background, and it's fine. Yeah, I agree. I think it it goes really well with the tone. It's like the vibe is that like this is a play that middle schoolers are putting on in terms of like quality of set. And I I don't want to say that disparagingly because a lot of the sets are really really detailed and intricate. Um and I'm sure of the highest quality, but like it's all about what's funniest, right? And so if it's funniest to just like clearly be a boat on a green screen, that's what they're going to do. And I appreciate that for the, from them. Right. Like, Steed's cabin on the boat is obviously very detailed and mm-hmm. has tons of little, like, Easter eggs. But then when they go to a, a scene on deck, it's very clearly just a, a, a green screen. And it still works. Mm-hmm. And like it I said, it feels like it's a little bit camp, but in a way that is somehow not camp, which is how you do camp. <laughs> I, that, yeah. Yes, there were a lot of hand gestures involved in that, trying to explain exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. I appreciated them. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Yeah, you're you're always only getting fifty percent of the picture between our gestures and like just the vision of Bailey cracking up at something stupid I said. All 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 things you're missing, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. Mostly it's the delivery, because you're, like, so excited to reveal something to me, and I'm waiting, and then it's something that's just super funny. (laughs) Just so stupid. Oh, I love it. One of the greatest things about this show, I think, is, I mean, we've talked, we've touched a little bit on, like, the general fandom trauma that we have of queerbaiting. And not only does the show pay off by not queerbaiting, but there's also so much other representation within the show, and it's not there to be flashy, right? Like, it's not like, oh, look, we're satisfying the gays by including some gay people. It's just, like, real casual representation that, like, it has bearing on the plot, but it's not, like, a focus. Like, a lot of it is just really, like, matter-of-fact and background. Like, I actually, one of the things I was going to bring up is that Blackbeard is wearing a leg brace the whole time. Um, And that's something I did not notice until I like saw it pointed out on Tumblr after the fact. And then on the other side of that, I've seen that that was simply because his pirate costume is a nod to Mad Max. And that's why he has a knee brace. Well, yeah, I think that like meta wise, that is why there is a knee brace on the costume. But like, it doesn't negate the fact that like the implication is that Blackbeard, the character has some sort of injury or disability that requires yeah. a leg brace. And it's like not it's not a big thing. He's still like the most fearsome pirate captain in all the land or whatever. Yeah, the um, post but- I saw just kind of went back and forth between like, was this only a meta reference or is it actual also also meant to be like he has a leg brace? And he gets to be both. Yeah. Uh but there's lots of other representation as well. Like obviously Jim is very interesting and very cool non-binary representation and done in a way that feels very accessible. Yeah, Um, I I feel like a lot of times you've got a character in disguise as the opposite sex. Once it's revealed to the viewer, quote-unquote opposite sex, obviously non-binary, but, like, the the character, like, reverts back to their original sex. Mm -hmm. And even even if it doesn't necessarily work in the narrative, they're like, oh, we found out so-and-so's a girl, so now they're a girl in every scene. And Mm -hmm. that didn't happen with Jim. They were allowed to just continue being whatever they felt like being, just non-binary. Yeah, and there was still still a little bit of a scene there where everyone around them was trying to make sense of it and figuring out what to do. And then Jim was like, I'm just Jim. I'm still just Jim. Let's just drop it. And everyone's like, yeah, cool. Jim rocks. And they use they them pronouns for Jim from then on, and it's just not made a thing of. Yeah, the rest of the crew was like, Jim, you can talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the more important thing. Right. Um, and then another thing I did see is that uh, Christian Nairn, who plays... Um, we John. We, we yes, thank something. you. I had a brain fart. My brain is not working. We John also played Hordor in um, Game of Thrones. 
And mm-hmm. I was reading, if you noticed, he was seated or braced in almost all of his scenes due to back injuries um, received during Game of Thrones, apparently. Yeah, he uh, he got a little bit of a back injury from, like, carrying Bran around mm-hmm. the whole time. And um, he's, like, pretty permanently fucked up from it, I guess. And yeah. they just accommodated that. You know, he still is, like, a great character and like honestly it just like you said i didn't even notice no. for most of it that he was sitting it just like happened to be what the seat like what worked in the scene was for him to be like sitting or leaning against something for the most part it was very good and well done because it never felt like awkward that one character was uh like seated or mm-hmm. leaning yeah 100 percent. also um i thought that it was really great that Black Pete had a cleft lip and it was like never commented on or like, I mean, like I knew kids in school that had cleft lips and it was really like hard for them, like the amount of bullying they faced or like othering. And not only is there none of it, but like now someone with that condition gets to just be like basically a lead. Like Black Pete was one of the most important side characters and was I mean he was made fun of a little bit, but just because of his delusions of grandeur, right? Like nothing I, about right. him or his like cleft palate were like the the targets or the butts of jokes. Yeah, I was gonna say he definitely like got to be got to tell all those big scary stories. <laughs> um, but it was just just what it was. I also just kind of diverting into Blackbeard a little bit. Do you think he actually worked for Blackbeard? Because I feel like once Blackbeard shows up, there was like no closure to that storyline. Like, was he lying the whole time, or like did he work for Blackbeard? But it was so minor that Blackbeard wouldn't have remembered him. Um, I still have not quite figured that out. I'm gonna be honest; like, I couldn't tell at all. If that was, if he actually worked with Blackbeard or if he had, as you said, delusions of grandeur. Mm -hmm. I think probably he was like maybe on Blackbeard's ship for a little while, like a very short while. And so he probably saw him work and, but then like knew that Blackbeard would never have recognized him because he didn't, I feel like he didn't ever try and be like, hey, Blackbeard, I was on your crew once, right? He was trying to impress Blackbeard, right, by trying to get Steed to tell Blackbeard that he, like, took initiative to go find more oranges or whatever in that episode, but... Yeah, he never was like, remember that raid we did? I just told them all Mm -hmm. about it last night. Yeah. Like, he certainly was not actually Blackbeard's right-hand man at any point in time. No, no one could replace Izzy Hands. No. Oh, Izzy Hands. What a character. What a character. I have lots of thoughts about Izzy Hands as well. I think it's very funny... There's like I feel like there's a split in the fandom between people who are like, oh, look at like precious baby Izzy hands, like trying to kind of um, ooh-wooify him as like, oh, he's, you know, repressed and that's why he's mean. And then there's the other half of the fandom that's like, shut the fuck up. He's just a, a mean, irredeemable character. Um, and I think I probably f- fall in the middle where he's like clearly a bad guy and like an irredeemable piece of shit but also like he has a cl- he has a huge crush on blackbeard right like yes that's, that's where a lot of this comes from say. he's like upset that his he's losing like his big crush um but he's definitely also meant to be one of the like bad pirates that we're supposed to mm-hmm. not associate with blackbeard and steed mm-hmm he like i think it's a combination between like a crush and also just like an idolization and i'm gonna ruin i was thinking of doing like a a game at the end where we guess how old the actual pirates are have you done any research into that at all no okay so i'll just ruin the game because i have another game idea that'll be fun but okay um so like do you know do you have any guess on how old any of blackbeard steed or izzy hands were in real life at this time um, no, I I feel like uh, Taika's, like, in his mid-30s. Oh, I think he's in his 40s, baby. Oh, I don't know. 46. Wow, okay. And uh, Reese Darby, I think, is 48. He is. And, uh, I don't know who plays what's... I'm glad you didn't make me do Izzy this Hans's game, name? because I would have sucked. 
Okay, it's okay. Well, that's those are the those are the actors though. I'm talking about like the historical pirates. Oh. I was thinking the actors. Um, no, and I mean Con O'Neill, Izzy Hands is 55, the actor. But then um, the, act- the actual pirates. Any any guess about how old the actual pirates were? Uh probably like 22. Okay, that's fair. So Blackbeard uh would have been they don't know the, his exact age, but he would have been like 35 to 40 okay. around this time. Um Steed Bonnet was 29 at this time. And Izzy Hands was 16. What? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I can see um a lot of different connections there with Izzy Hands being like if he was the right-hand man now mm-hmm. being like the younger looking up to his captain shit and thus being like a lot more bitter and a lot more prone to like the backlash i.e. going to Spanish Jackie and being like you want to fuck some shit up. Yeah, so this is where, like, on purpose or not, I can see a lot of the, like, probably real idolization that, like, a 16-year-old had for his mid-late 30s captain. And I think that they have translated that into these characters, even though they're portraying them as, like, wildly different ages. Well, I'm I'm actually super glad that they didn't make Izzy Hands 16 there. That would have been kind of weird, but... Yeah, no. I mean, like we said, it's funnier... To have them not be their actual ages because it's funnier to have Steed and Blackbeard played by Reese Darby and Taiko Waititi. Absolutely, like the perfect pairing. So good. Um, did you ever did you ever watch Flight of the Concords? I did Bailey? not. No, I I remember when this show first came out. Uh, my partner kept being like, "Oh my gosh, it's the Taiko Waititi show," and I was like, "I don't know who that person is." You keep saying this as if it should mean something to me. And so finally I had to Google it, and I was like, oh, I have at least heard of that. You didn't know who Taika Waititi was when no. the show was coming out? Ailey, <sighs> we have vastly different experiences sometimes. Yeah, I know. It's crazy how many <laughs> how similar some of our experiences are, but then how dissimilar some things are. Yeah, okay, but Flight of the Concords was not Taika Waititi. Flight of the Concords was, um, Reese Darby was in it, oh. and Flight of the Concords is a, like, comedy musical duo oh, I'm thinking from of what New we Zealand. do in the shadows you are thinking of what we do in the shadows yeah okay um but flight of the concords is like a musical comedy duo from new zealand and they had a show that ran on hbo for a few years um that was just them i'm gonna have to send you some videos of some of my favorite flight of the concord songs because it's very much in this like vein of of humor um but anyway reese darby was like their manager in that show and so that's where i know him from Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I did not know any of this at all. I'm sure, honestly, I bet you've heard some Flight of the Concord songs because I'm sure I they have. were just so, they were so deep in the meme culture in like 2007 to 2009. So I bet you'll recognize some of them, but I'll no, still I, have to send you a few. I had definitely heard of them, so I'm sure that I'll recognize them when they come up or, or vaguely recognize a reactionary meme. Mm-hmm. But... Anyway, great actors, great choices. I think it's much funnier. Well, it's it's like the, they made the joke, too, in um, one of the episodes with Spanish Jackie, where Jim thinks that she's 50, and she's like, I'm 25. And Jim's like, oh, you look great. Um, because, of course, Leslie Jones is 50, and yeah, it's funny. It's just objectively funny to have a 50-year-old person playing a 25-year-old. Yes. See what all this hate does? It ages you. <laughs> very good yes i mean every honestly everything with leslie jones as spanish jackie was comedic gold like the nose Mm -hmm. jar yeah the nose jar oh that's nose juice also so this is a good place to just like transition into the supporting cast because leslie jones hilarious the fact that fred armison was one of her 19 husbands also hilarious um the the scene at the fancy party with Kristen Schaal and Nick Kroll being sibling lovers was very good. Yes, I did really like that. Of course, I don't know anything else about these people because I couldn't recognize an actor if I watched six movies with them and then you asked me their name. <laughs> so. Uh, once again, you're killing me. I know. I um. hate it. I wish I was better <laughs> at it because 
I spend half the time in a movie being like, gosh, this person looks really familiar. And then when the movie's over, I like Google it right away. I'm like, oh, duh. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I clocked Fred Armisen right away because he looks like Fred Armisen. Kristen Schaal and Nick Kroll I got very quickly because Kristen Schaal's voice is very um, particular. Yes. Um, It was very recognizable. And then obviously as soon as I was like, oh, that's Kristen Schaal, I actually looked closer at Nick Kroll and was like, and Nick Kroll. Yes. The one that got me, though, is um, Calico Jack took me like a solid third of the episode to realize who that was did you catch who that was Bailey? absolutely not <laughs> it was will arnett he's um job from arrested development he's bojack horseman um none of these are i have okay so i'm complete like blank face yeah i'm i'm looking at all of the acting roles on his wikipedia right now and realizing that like i haven't seen half these things i haven't seen 90 percent of these things uh have you seen the um meme on tiktok though that's like Oh, Canadian actor Will Arnett. He's been in lots of things like Ratatouille and Arrested Development. And then it show it like cuts to like quote unquote Will Arnett speaking, and he goes, "Hi, I'm Will Arnett." And then the original person goes, oh, "Bojack." Oh yeah, I haven't. Se- That's the thing. I haven't seen like Bojack. I'd never watched Arrested Development. Actually, I only know the memes from Arrested okay. Development. Um, okay. Oh, good to know. He's also the voice actor in the Magic School Bus Rides Again. Yeah, he was also, he was Lego Batman. Yeah. I mean, clearly there's things that I, like, would be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. if I saw him in it, but I wouldn't. I No, I definitely, especially with the Calico Jack persona, I was like, nah, mm-hmm. nah, I got nothing. Well, that's very hurtful to me personally, but... This entire anyway. segment of the show was designed to personally <laughs> injure you, and you put it together. <laughs> I know, I... I real like I realized you were like I realized you didn't like recognize as many actors or like wouldn't have recognized them from as many things. But like I thought you would know who Will Arnett is. No, I can recognize like three actors. <laughs> it's Caius okay. Galero, Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> You're just listing and the Emma cast Watson. Of Teen Wolf. I'm just w- listing what? You were just listing the cast of Teen Wolf. No, 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 no! It's the Maze Runner. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. How could, how could I, I? So it's from Skins, actually. Okay. It's where I would recognize Kaya from, and then Dylan O'Brien from Maze Runner. You're right. You were doing Maze Runner. I heard Dylan O'Brien, and I figured. I've I never, figured, I, I thought, thought we'd I knew establish what you were doing. this. I've never seen Teen Wolf. We we did, which is why I thought it was extra funny that, like, the that's only like actors the, you knew were from Teen Wolf. most famous role, arguably. <laughs> yes. I guess I guess I I recognize one other actor. You've given me a moment to to think about it. It is um Okay. Oh no. Now his name is gone forever. Oh no. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Okay. From uh from that franchise that we just talked about that we can move on from. Yeah. That one. <laughs> um Do you want do you want to talk about romance? I do. I do deeply want to talk about romance. Yes, I do too. Because it's obviously what this show is actually centered around at the end of the day. Yes, and explicitly, too. And I feel so good about that because, like, up till episode eight where they kiss, right? Yeah. Or nine. Up till the episode where they kiss, I know that there were people that are like, oh, it's like they're bros. This is a bromance. Like, and I think, honestly, even a lot of the fandom who could tell what was like supposed to happen i bet a lot of them felt that way too just because of again the trauma of the queer bait yeah it's like oh they were roommates yeah they're yeah history hates lovers um but they they could see like oh this is clearly like a a like loving relationship but like the show will never let that happen, right? So it's just, like, a bromance is as good as we're getting. Right. And then for them to explicitly kiss, like, I saw somebody posting on the Reddit that, like, they thought the screenshot of Steed and Blackbeard kissing was photoshopped because they assumed that that could never happen. Right. No, it's it's um, very, it's especially weird to have a, like, two men in a relationship actually not be queer baiting. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the media is much more likely to allow, like, two women to kiss on screen than they are mm-hmm. to allow, like, two men to have an actual romance. That's fetishization, baby. Yep. 
We've covered that in another episode. If you haven't listened to our back catalog, (laughs) I think that one was um, how representation in media has changed throughout the years. So Mm -hmm. it's gained its laps, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for it to for it to be an explicit romance, and then for the creators to come out, like I know Taiko Waititi has like posted on social media being like, "This is not a bromance. This is a romance. This show is a romantic comedy." Yes, um, feels feels so good, man. It does, and it's genuinely like very funny. And I feel like there's sometimes like things that are billed as rom coms have like very high ups and very low lows, like dramatic music crying in the tub with wine and while they have their problems in this one it still maintains a really good air of like comedy mm-hmm. for sure and i feel like most of the like devastating moments are like they're not skated over like they're allowed to be felt but like just the pace of the show means that we're moving on pretty quickly and we're recovering from them with the um possible exception of the season finale but even that like you can tell what's going to happen. It's just that they had to end it where they did. When you're not beholden to, like, the laws of physics for space and time, <laughs> so much can happen. So much can happen. Thank goodness for it. Yeah, and it's just, I do, it's a slow burn. So I, like, I hated that in one respect because there are so many times that we were like, just kiss already, just kiss already. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it allowed there to be an actual, like, growing relationship between the two characters instead of just insta love which was nice Mm -hmm. yeah i like that a lot i also think that i usually am too impatient for a slow burn and i think it's because of what you hit on i think it's usually just not done very well but i think there was so much like you said there was so much relationship development that was not necessarily romantic that it made the slow burn feel um I don't know, like, it, like there was still stuff happening. It just wasn't kissing yet, right? Um, and so it felt really organic and really um, well done. And then it made that, like, release of tension so worth it when they finally kiss, right? Yes. There was so much, not so much, there was emotional vulnerability between the two lovers before there was that, like, physical relief of the tension with the <laughs> kiss. And it was just so believable and so gentle and well done and i'm obsessed with the way that they portrayed the relationship mm-hmm. yeah just a hundred percent i like i loved i also loved that like everyone else was starting to catch on to it earlier like i loved the part of um the like treasure hunt when lucius yes. sees them sees steed like picking a piece of food out of blackbeard's beard and it's like oh Oh, this is happening. And then Lucius is like, well, I must protect my my captain at all costs, obviously. So he, like, pulls Ed aside and he's like, hey, you idiot. Steed really likes you. And I think you really like him. So stop being such an idiot. Yeah. It's cute. Um, it's cute as fuck. He's my favorite character, Lucius is. like, As he should be. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect timing with that. And yeah, he he's like, you know what? Fine. If we're going to do it. And in that moment, he was all of us. Like, fine, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And I'm going to make sure that you don't fuck it up. (laughs) It was so cute. And I love that Blackbeard, like, took that advice, right? He was like, oh, yeah, I do like this idiot. And, like, if this idiot likes me, I'm going to be nice to him. I was going to say that that was a very characterful moment that, you know, obviously we get Blackbeard as this. We already know by this episode that he's not the big, mean man he's portrayed to be, but we still get like this moment where it's showing that he can like stop and think about his actions a little bit more and and do something for somebody else instead of just like doing the blackbeard thing which is what we see come back when calico jack is back Mm -hmm. is that he goes back to the like well i'm just gonna do this thing and not think about it and then he ends up hurting steed Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think also blackbeard is so characterful generally because There are so many moments where you see him, like, being really confident and, like, thinking he's the shit um, when things are going well. And then, like, the second things start to go wrong, he's like, well, I give up. And he, like, runs away. And I think Steed being there to kind of, like, hype him up and, like, help him. Yeah, you're Blackbeard, man. Yeah, help him, like, have the drive to problem solve is really good. Like, starting from 
the episode where Blackbeard is like talking about, oh, the fog and then like the full moon is going to pull us out to sea. And so we're not going to get hit. And they're like, oh, sorry, it's not a full moon. It's a leap year. And he like gives up. And he's like, oh, well, we're all going to die. And yeah. then <laughs> Steed starts talking to him and they come up with the lighthouse solution together. It's just it's so good. I think that's the end of my thought. It's really good. It's okay. Yeah, it is really good. It's just, again, it's so, you know, and also I think in a lot of romances, you only get to see your quote unquote main character develop. Like a lot of times in rom-coms, the partner, the development is off screen for the most part. It's like when they come running back, they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm a changed man, but changed woman, but we don't see that in that character. And the way that this show is portrayed, we get to see both of them changing and growing Mm -hmm. and then we get to see both of them coming to realizations and then choosing different paths based on those realizations yeah it's really it's just an exquisitely done relationship the characters are wonderful you know it's really impressive how much character and how much character development they packed into this show and not just for steed and ed right you see it with jim and oluwande you see it with lucius and black pete who are the other two like couples i guess probably but you see it with um you see it with izzy a little bit because you see him like breaking down and like losing faith in in blackbeard um right i was just about to say that one of the things i like about the romance is that each couple was allowed to have their own type of romance mm-hmm. in this story. So, like, Lucius and Black Pete, it's just, like, I don't want to say it's, like, a fun fling because we don't know where it's going. But that's sure. a little bit the way it's portrayed is, like, um, they're comfortable with what they're doing and they're very happy to, like, not make it this big thing. And it was portrayed so casually on screen that we had to stop and rewind it and be like, are they doing what we think they just did? Mm-hmm. And oh boy, were they. They sure were. <laughs> well, and that just like... I think we had just gotten our food, and so we had like put it back on and we were eating, and we both were like, hold on, plate's down. What? Well, and it it's like it starts out casual, and they allow it to grow into something less casual, and I think that that um, is the way a lot of relationships start out in real life, right? And then Jim and Oluwande, like, clearly have deep feelings for each other from the beginning but like don't know how to act on it or there's just like jim has their mission that they have to finish before they can think about that and um so they just settle for friendship or or live in with a really deep friendship until you know the moment presents itself right they all get i feel like they're all sort of versions of pining but in very different like stages of pining right i was gonna say like when jim goes to complete their mission alawande is like okay this is what we have to do and it's going to be fine. But I accept that, you know, this is something for you that has nothing to do with me. So I'll, I'll be here mm-hmm. when you need me. Gosh, I love Olu so much generally. Like that reminded me of the scene where they're at the monastery and Jim like runs away from Nana and Olu's just like, well, I'm going to go see if I can undo some of the bad things that happened from this interaction. <laughs> like just so emotionally aware of like their partner's needs. And like, that was clearly bad. I think I can help, but like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. I think that's something that's really strong in that relationship is obviously Olu has just, as you said, like really good emotional intelligence and it's, it's hit on in other interpersonal relationships with his character as well. Mm-hmm. That he's just like, okay, well, if we have this, which is a perfect compliment to Seed's like, and if you come back from a raid, we'll discuss it as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Olu really does mirror a lot of like what Steed is trying to do in terms of like emotional intelligence and team building, but it, it feels much more natural coming from Olu because they're like a much chiller guy. He's just, you I was know, he's say, not trying to make a big show of it. It's reflecting on steed but in a like a way that's actually relatable and that will get results like steed's version of it is too far disconnected from what all the pirates know or can relate to Mm -hmm. and oluwande is usually able to like translate that a little bit better in meeting those needs it's the scene where he slept on the settee in steed's Mm -hmm. cabin and steed's like staring out the window like has it been like this all night and olu's just like Yes. (laughs) 
Well, and, you know, it can't be overlooked that they were going to make Olu the captain when they were going to um, mutiny against Izzy Hands. He right. was going to be the captain until Ed came back. Yes, I know. And he didn't want to, which is, you know, as they say, the sign of great leadership or something. Mark of, yeah, the mark of a leader. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see if that will come back in any sort of facet. Like, because um, getting back into the history... Like, both Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet only live for about another year, historically. Do they fight Um, to the death? (laughs) No, they do not fight to the death. (laughs) It was a joke. (laughs) But, you know, there's a lot of different ways that they could take this show in future seasons, including just, like, straight up ignoring history, right? Right. Which I am pro. But... What they could do is is maybe have Steed and Ed fake their deaths right off into the sunset, and then Olu takes over as like the new pirate captain type of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be interesting for them to continue on this this thread of like Olu is like the natural successor as captain. Yeah, and it would it would be good. I mean, I I they haven't been renewed yet, as far as I know. There are so they many- haven't. I do think that people are are freaking out about that a little bit too much because since I've been reading, it looks like HBO Max is not going to do any more renewals until this like merger that happens is finished on May eighteenth. Um, right. I would I- be I would be shocked if the show does not get more seasons. And like even if HBO doesn't run with it, like they could shop it around to other networks pretty easily. I think a lot of people are very caught up in how quickly Netflix has been to renew a lot of things. Because sometimes yeah, well, Netflix is going through it, also. Right. That was I was that was before Netflix started going through with it, but or through it, there were a couple shows where Netflix would renew within like two or three weeks of a show mm-hmm. being popular. Um. So I don't know. I, I think that gave everybody like a false sense of how quickly things get decided. Yeah, I I think honestly, our flag means death was just like fell into this pocket of, um like shows that they weren't sure were going to do super well and then like we're waiting to renew and then this merger thing started happening um and also i feel like the creator is being like i've seen cecilia um talking about this on tiktok about how he's like kind of stirring the pot by like making people be afraid that there hasn't been a renewal notice yet but like it's just because they're waiting to go through with this merger again i would be so shocked if this does not get picked up yeah i think if it doesn't. It's because um, the people at HBO Max aren't looking at the spaces where Our Flag Means Death gets a lot of its discussion. Like I said earlier, I call it the gay pirate show because I'm terminally online in spaces <laughs> that are very into a gay pirate show. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing a lot about it in other like more mainstream media, I guess I would say. Well, yes and no. Like, there are statistics, right? And Our Flag Means Death has been, like, the most in-demand show on any streaming service for, like, five weeks in a row, beating out, like, Moon Knight on Disney+, Plus, which is, like, the next big Marvel show. Right. Um, Which, to be fair, Moon Knight is also getting a lot of of attention because it's Oscar Isaac. How could it not? Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard good things. But, like, through the fact that Our Flag Means Death is, like, staying so popular and so relevant for so many weeks after its finale and beating out, like, currently airing popular shows on juggernaut networks, you know? Right. It, it'll be interesting. Like I said, if it doesn't get renewed, I think they're dropping a huge opportunity based on the response that I've seen. Yeah, 100%. Just obviously not statistical and very anecdotal. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of... Um, what we've seen and speaking of of the fandom of it all you know a few episodes back we were talking about wondering what the next big thing in fandom could be and i don't think i've seen a response as big as this one in recent memory no this for sure landed in our laps after we called out fandom (laughs) i mean (laughs) totally uh um i mean people are like rejoining tumblr to talk about it and like in like noticeable numbers right like tumblr is much busier now be, like 100 yes. percent because of our f- also because they're like the twitter refugees that are yeah defaulting back to tumblr but that's its own it's its own it's a different yeah i've definitely like i've always had tumblr on my phone i never got rid of it 
but I've mm-hmm. definitely been using it more now, like specifically for our flag mean stuff, other than just opening my dash every once in a while to like see if there's anything interesting on Tumblr because I've run out of things to scroll on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to look for things for that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the amount of like fan art and fan content and headcanons and discussion, it, like it's really a lot. Like it's huge. Um, and I'm really happy for it. I think I honestly think like people who have lived in fandom spaces like we've said, are just so grateful that they were not queerbaited. <laughs> yes. So grateful. I um, haven't seen gift sets. Gift set. Gift set. Gift. Gift sets. You got it. I did, but then I was like, oh my gosh, we're recording. I have a hot mic. What if I said it wrong? Even though I've said it the same way my entire life. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen them like this since like the heyday of Super Hulak, where people are just taking the um, quotes and making them. And there was one where it was when uh, Mary was talking about what it's like to be with like her painting instructor or whatever. And -hmm. it's all just scenes of Blackbeard and Steed overlaid. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect. This is so classic Tumblr. I love everything. Well, and I've seen reactions to that scene where people like saw it first on Tumblr and thought that it was like someone making a gift set because surely they wouldn't have done that in the real show. But that's just what happened in the show. That's because we did that. We, I never made one, but you know what I mean. Like, a lot of times in in Supernatural and the other things like that, there would be just, you would be pulling screen grabs that didn't have to do with the quote and putting the quote over it. That was a thing we did. Mm -hmm. And now we don't need to. Yeah, because they just did it for us in the show. They finally delivered it to us. (sighs) Oh my god, I just punched my mic. (laughs) (laughs) this struggle recording has been brought to you by running 22 miles in the last like two days yeah bailey is a superhuman um and so you did you did 10.3 miles yesterday is that i I actually typed the wrong number so it was it's called the um you know what this needs context yeah it does it's called the three-way challenge (laughs) because is it a is it related to skyline skyline sponsors it (laughs) You can also do the four-way. Okay, cool, cool. And if you do uh, the Friday night race, you get extra cheese. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did not get extra cheese because it cost $30, and uh, I wasn't paying that. So, yeah, you run a 10K and a 5K on Saturday, and then the half marathon on Sunday. If you do the four-way, that's the uh, full marathon on Sunday. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, you're a superhuman. I'm very proud of you. I could so, never. Anyways, that means I'm I'm running on a little bit a little bit less, and uh, have therefore had a couple brain moments and punched my mic. It's <laughs> what we deserve. Yeah, we'll see if I can get up out of my recording spot when we're done. Mm, yeah, I um I saw a TikTok the other day. I meant to send you. It was of a girl who um whose sister was about to run a marathon and the girl was like, well, it can't be that hard. And the sister's <gasps> like, I will give you $10,000 if you can run this marathon with me. Um, and the girl did. She completed it in like seven hours and 16 minutes or something. It was the something. stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And she's like, and then I had to be wheelchaired through the airport. And then she, her sister didn't even give her the $10,000 because of a technicality. And I think that that girl is owed ten thousand dollars but i also think she took a huge risk and could have saddled herself with way more than ten thousand dollars worth of medical debt because of america but because yeah. um like you could there are definitely people out there who can get away with a marathon without much training but like not like that this yeah, one was no. like i've never run before it's fine <laughs> truly um absolutely an insane thing to do uh, i salute them i'm glad that she is not permanently injured but... me too it's also very, it's just very funny. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to pay me $10,000. I already signed up for another fucking one. Uh, yeah, you're doing like a crazy one at Disney, right? The goofy challenge. It's the half <laughs> and a, the full. Oh, you are, you are crazy. Yep. Um, but I admire you so much. I already looked up the, uh, <laughs> the training plan. It's going to be horrible. You know, it's not horrible, Katie. What? Our favorite moments from our flag means death. 
Very well done. I was I was about to try and steer us back there, but you you beat me. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Flawless transition. Um, yes. So there are so many to choose from. I think one of my top favorites has to just be well. Honorable mention is just Steed's talent for accidental murder. Um, first accidentally murdering Nigel Badminton, which, by the way, it took me the entire series to realize that um, their last name is is Badminton, like the sport. Really? <laughs> they were saying, yeah, because they oh. were saying like bed. I I was hearing like badminton. Oh, um, I but well, it, I watch everything with subtitles. Like yeah, so I caught that right away. Yeah, so. That was very funny. Um, and then uh, when the other badminton twin was like trying to kill him and tripped and shot himself. <laughs> we also had to rewind and watch that part because we were like, wait a second. <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh, that's the level of comedy that that is, is unparalleled. Yeah, it, it's just it's it was so slapstick, but it was done so well in like a refined like you have to like go back to really appreciate the slapstickness of the comedy like like bailey did um but yeah very good i really like that like steve has no interest in killing people but he's very good at making it accidentally happen right it's so good um but then I, what i have to say for right now my actual favorite moment is in um episode eight when calico jack and ed leave the boat and Steed is having to, like, sit down and explain to the crew that, like, sorry, your dads are divorcing. Uh, Black Pete <laughs> played that so perfectly, as as you say, the divorcing dad speech. Like, yeah. Black Pete in the background, eyes living for it. He, he was like, wait, so now we're just going to be captained by only you? And Steed was like, well, technically you've al- always only been captained by me, so that's not changing. What if we um, thought of ourselves as, like, more Blackbeard's employee? <laughs> Um, but the specific line was sometimes sea captains drift apart um, from the divorcing dad speech. So funny. It was so good. It That part had me absolutely rolling with laughter mm-hmm. because it was definitely a serious moment of the like breakdown of Ed and Steed's relationship. But it was it was it was divorcing parents with a bunch of adult men that make up a pirate crew. <laughs> and the fact that it was followed up so perfectly with Ed coming back and then the the shot of them laying face down and Ed nudging his foot against Steed's when he was like I never left. Yeah, what a, that scene was emotional perfection. Mm-hmm. Um really and good. also comedy perfection when you were watching them like get tackled and taken down and all the background <laughs> scenes <laughs> to uh, the to that song um gosh what's it called? I don't. I don't know. Was music it well Fleetwood enough. Mac? Was that when they played Break? Yes. The, yeah, the shame. Yes. Yes. It was really good. It was excellent. Uh, my favorite moment, and I couldn't find the exact quote, and I didn't have time to like go watch that whole episode again. But it's when Lucius is giving Blackbeard his things on the island, and he's like, "And don't try leaving something behind and coming back for it. I already know that trick. It doesn't work." <laughs> and I was like, that is such a perfect in-character moment for for him, where he's like, I already tried that. Um, <laughs> close second to when he's like, I've decided I'm going to carry myself as if I'm cute. And then mm-hmm. he just flounces away. <laughs> yeah, you think you're so cute. Actually, I think I'm so-so, but I've decided to carry myself as if I'm cute. Yes, that is that is the, the most um, Etsy-able quote, in my mm-hmm. opinion. It's- extremely good and like we haven't touched on it but like we're all in agreement that lucius is not dead right like no 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 there's no way you no one's dead until you see a body and this may be a mm-hmm. rom-com and not a drama um or a fantasy series but i i stand by no one is dead until you see a body and even then it's kind of iffy mm-hmm. my favorite se- theory that i've seen is that he's hanging on to like the barnacle scraping chair same i mean which I'm... would be extremely good callback extremely good um use of foreshadowing Yes. I'm the actor it. has been very circumspect. Obviously, season two isn't even renewed yet, but people keep asking in like his Instagram lives, like, oh, is your character dead? And he's like, mm, 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 mm. so I, I think when we get season two, because I'm choosing to be optimistic, as always, 
just kidding, I'm so pessimistic about um like the King Killer Chronicles. Uh <laughs> that Lucius is not dead and he will be back with more perfectly timed one liners. Yeah. Good. Well, any other any other thoughts before we go to my stupid little game? Uh, no, I actually don't think so. I think just uh, it's all repeating what I've already said that I freaking love this show. Everybody should go watch it and yeah, just be 100%. all heartwarmed. A hundred percent. It's what you deserve. It's self watching our flag means death is self care. Um, yes, as is watching Heartstopper, it. which I am in the middle of, and I know you. A hundred percent. Yeah, I watched it. I haven't read the graphic novel yet. I've been meaning to, but I just, I sat down to watch it and finished it in one sitting. And it was just like pure, it was like gay euphoria, right? Like, it's the type of show that like nobody think, had when we were kids. I think Charlie would argue so it's gay pure. panic. <laughs> it is also gay panic, but it's mostly gay euphoria. Yeah, I know. I'm just making a phone, a joke about his phone screen. It's so cute. It's, I did read the first volume of the graphic novels and it's living up to that expectation that it's just so cute and it's like cringy teenage drama in such a lovable way. Yeah, it's like what what's so good about it is that none of the cringe or none of the drama is like devastating, right? Like there's definitely some some drama because their relationships, one of them is is thinking about whether or not to come out, and so there's a little bit of hijinks there, but like none of it is like traumatic, you know. No, it's all like awkward teenage things um about relationships mm-hmm. and not like I, I don't even know how to describe like truly cringe painful stuff it's all it's mm-hmm. it's really cute you should you should watch our flag means death and then when you're sad about the final episode you should switch to Heartstopper and then just mm-hmm. be happy it's definitely the move okay so silly little game i have pulled up archive of our own and i have the top seven ships that people have made fix about okay and i would like to see if you can name all of them i'm gonna pull up a list of characters okay i would say some feel fairly obvious and some feel mm, a little interesting okay um i'm gonna go straight for interesting and i'm gonna guess that somebody has paired the swede with somebody i haven't decided yet who Okay, uh, no. So, Dang. so possibly this is listing like the most common relationships, okay. um, that have, have, um, fixed about them. So there are, there are 10 listed, but three of them have the ampersand instead of the slash with which ampersand in fandom tags usually means like friendship or like just like an interaction between this relationship, whereas the slash means like romantic pairing. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten away from calling it like slash fix, but the reason mm-hmm. it's called slash fix is because you use the slash to denote a romantic pairing in your tags. Mm-hmm. But that, that's fandom history, and that's not <laughs> what we're here for today. Okay, today. Um, so jokingly, Buttons and Seagull. No. I know. I knew that one wasn't good. No one's good. There, sh- there should be, though. Yeah. And, like, again, I want to just to clarify, I don't think this is, like, every... No, it's not. ...pairing ever. Like, I am just looking at, like, the top ten. No, I'm just um, having too much Which three fun. of those are, which you should be. I would totally read a Buttons um, and Carl fic. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, obviously... Steed and Ed is a pairing. Are we? Yeah, yes, like, that is the most popular pairing um, with 3,582 fics. We'll and there. for context, there are 4,400 fics okay. in Our Flag Means Death. So, so, solidly most of them. We've also obviously got some Jim and Alawande fics. Correct. That is the fourth most popular pairing with 382. Do we have an Izzy Ed fic? Izzy Blackbeard. Okay. Yes, okay. that is the third most popular pairing, 394 fix. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm wondering. There's one, there's one whole couple you haven't mentioned yet. Oh, okay. So Black Pete and Lucius. Yeah, they're actually the second most popular. That's because fix. they're adorable. They're so good. Okay, and then, so this, now we're branching into, like, the, what is a little more, like, non-canon pairings, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. Correct. Are any of these pairings people who are in other slash fix already? Yes. So are we, okay, are we mixing it up? Okay. Yeah, you, you've named all, 
Oh, there has to be like a there has to be a Steed and Lucius fic. There is a Steed. Oh wait, sorry, Steed and Lucius. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Then who's with Lucius? Ed. Is that what you thought I said? No. How could what I said be misconstrued? Because I was expecting you to say you the have, right one. You have to no. <laughs> you have to tell me now. <laughs> Uh, Lucius and Izzy Hands. No, no! Um, which is homophobic, but that's fine. It it kind of is, but also I can see there being some, like, a really funny fix out of it, just because they're so opposite as people, like, Lucius is golden, uh, like, Mm -hmm. fun, and Izzy Hands is like, I will murder you. Yes. Which is a very popular slash pick fairing. Slash... (laughs) Thick, thick Harry. Harry. Yes, it is very popular. It's very, I mean, it's very, like, I'm not even going to invoke anything else, but no, yes, don't. it is popular. Um, but that is the uh, sixth most popular relationship, but the the fifth most popular is um, is Ed and Izzy, but, like, with an ampersand, not, oh, not, um, okay. not a slash. Okay. So two more romantic pairings um, left. I feel so stressed by this, as I always do by games that are very fun and mean nothing. Um, So again, they all there are three characters between the two pairings, if that's helpful. Okay. And we've talked about all of them already. Oh, okay, that is helpful. Okay, so I'm I'm guessing there's Jim with somebody else. There's not. Oh. So do we have Alwande with somebody else? Also, no. Okay, so we're we're back down to basically just like Izzy and Steed, and. Blackbeard and uh-huh. Lucius. Um, is there a Steed and Izzy pick fic? Oh my god, I'm mixing up. There the are off. there are in fact seventy one Steed and Izzy fics. Oh god, um, it is the ninth most popular pairing. That one seems somehow even worse than Izzy and Lucius. Like it, it does. It feels terrible. Um, this last one I feel almost cheating, but I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you um a chance to guess it. Like I feel I feel like it's a little underhanded, but. Is it Lucius and Steed? Okay. No. Good. Because I don't want them to be together. They're perfect as as friends. Yeah. Agreed. You said you're going to give me a chance. That was my chance. I give up now. Oh, that was your whole chance? Yeah. Um, it is It is Ed and Steed and Izzy. Oh, I didn't know three was an option. <laughs> yeah, three. Um, and that is the uh, seventh most popular pairing. Well, I'm I'm certainly glad to see that it's higher than Izzy and Steed alone. Yeah, agreed. Because at least Blackbeard's in the middle there. Well, mm-hmm. maybe he's not in the middle. I don't want to assign anybody a spot. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to legislate it, but but a connection. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, none of that's really surprising to me. Really, the only surprising one is like Steed and Izzy without Ed involved. Yeah, that's like, that one. Bad. I can't. That one I can't see happening. But like I like. I'm not for it, but, like, I appreciate people's um, imaginations for, like, a three-way where Ed gets both his boys. Right. I also feel like we're pretty early in, like, content for this series, Mm -hmm. and so we're definitely going to get a lot more later that branches out from the canon pairings. If there's anything Mm -hmm. we've learned from fandom is that once you've been able to sit with the content for a little while, there are a lot more headcanons start coming into play. Mm-hmm. and it'll expand that but right now we just have like the original content that's going to give us these main pairings yeah i will probably be reading some fanfic later have fun i will Thanks. probably not that's fair um yeah so that was my dumb little game you did great yay i got like three right without hints. i mean at, you got like half of them right <laughs> It's okay. It's like all the games that we play where it's just like kind of fun and always just very, just very off the wall. But um, as usual, uh, we are right and we should say it. Pour yourself a glass of wine. Let's start reading in between the lines Never know what we might find Yeah, it could be magic Oh, 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 oh. 
Rose Tinted Glasses is hosted by myself, Bailey Utrecht, and Katie Phillips. Our theme song is by Anna Voss, and our logo is by Baby Truth Collections. We would love it if you could rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. It would help us grow immensely. See you soon.